thousands of people have mysteriously vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to Locations Unknown. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locations Unknown. I'm your co-host, Joe Irado, and with me, as always, is a guy so cool, he has inside jokes with complete strangers, Mike Vandebogart. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, and uh, thank you for everyone uh, for tuning in to Locations Unknown. Uh, this will be our last episode for the summer, so... Not not uh, forever, we... just just the summer. <laughs> yeah, not forever. We, Don't uh, we will stop be back. listening. Yeah, please don't stop listening. We will be back in the fall. We always kind of take a, a, a summer break. And I guess this is the end of season two, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the time time sure flies. Uh, we also have an exciting promotion running right now. We're planning to make a custom set of playing cards, and we're asking all of our listeners to send in any cool photos they have from any of the national parks you visited. And we may select one of your photos to be on the deck of playing cards. So... Uh, head over to our Facebook page. We have a post on kind of the rules and what you need to do. So, uh, yeah, we urge everyone to send in all the pictures that they yeah, have. Yeah, just so. give us information on it as well if it's not obvious. So if you have a picture, just tell us what park it is, uh, maybe the yeah. time of year, just some basic information. Other than that, uh, not a lot of other announcements. We, we still have a lot of hats and stickers available for sale. So if you want to help the show out, uh, head over to our Facebook page and visit our store. Uh, we appreciate all the, the help we can get. Uh, any updates on your end, Joe? Nope, just looking forward to uh, a summer. And I know. As short as it may be, and then uh, we'll get back into season three. Yeah, season three. We've got a lot of cool cases coming up and some very interesting guest interviews that are in the works. Yeah, it's so. going to be a lot of fun. All right, everybody, let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. Deep in the Nevada desert lies a location that's been the center of dozens of conspiracy theories since the 1940s. Stories of alien autopsies, reverse-engineered alien spacecraft, and even the faking of the 1969 moon landing are talked about to this day. This location is so secret, it wasn't officially acknowledged by the government until 2013, 58 years after it was established. Stepping foot inside its perimeter or flying into its airspace can result in death. Join us this week as we try to unravel the mystery and intrigue surrounding Area 51.
Area 51 is in the state of Nevada, located about 120 miles northwest of Las Vegas, somewhere between mile marker 29 and 30 along Nevada's extraterrestrial highway, that's State Highway 375, and it lies on an unmarked dirt road. Although no buildings are visible from the asphalt, the track leads to Groom Lake, or Homie Airport, and it's called on civilian aviation maps. For those in the know, it leads to a military base with many unofficial names. Paradise Ranch, Watertown, Dreamland Resort, Red Square, The Box, and The Ranch. Nevada Test and Training Range, Detachment 3, Air Force Flight Test Center, Detachment 3, AFFTC, and the more commonly known Area 51. Area 51 was established on April 12, 1955, by CIA officer Richard Bissell, who is overseeing the development of the U-2 plane. He first sees the site that would become known as Area 51 while on an aerial scouting mission. Bissell, along with three others including Colonel Osmond Ritland and Kelly Johnson, director of Lockheed Corporation's Skunk Works, agree that the area would make an ideal site for testing the U-2 training pilots and request the Atomic Energy Commission add the area to its real estate holdings in Nevada. In July of 1955, the CIA begins using Area 51 to develop the high-altitude U-2 reconnaissance plane. Other aircrafts are also tested at the site later, including the Oxcart, which is a supersonic reconnaissance A-12 aircraft, precursor to the SR-71 Blackbird, and the F-117 Stealth ground attack jet. So we said a lot of airplanes, but if, you, if you're not into planes, this is that really, really cool flat black plane where it's got those wings that end kind of in just straight lines. And the pilots fly so high, they basically have to wear spacesuits. The SR-71, it, it's, I think, one of the fastest jets that the Air Force had. I think it flew over 2,000 miles per hour. Uh, and... In altitudes of like 80,000 feet. It can make like a bombing run. It can like take off from like Nevada, get to the Middle East and come back in like nine hours or something like that, right? Is it, Or something even crazier than that. I don't know if you want to look it up while we're going, but it's it's like insane. It can circumnavigate the planet pretty quick. The Air Force only used it for a little while and then it later on used the U-2 because I guess the SR-71 is just, it's really expensive to fly and it burns through fuel really quick. I, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And the other, the other really cool plane that was developed there that I'm sure everyone has seen before is the F-117 uh, stealth fighter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, it looks like from the bottom, if you saw it flying over you, it looks kind of like a, like a V. Yep with kind of a, you know, a jagged end on it. And it's, uh, one of them got shot down in the mid nineties. I remember that was big news, uh, for like a few weeks over Kosovo or somewhere. Yeah. Um, they were used heavily in, uh, operation, uh, desert storm. They typically fly them during air shows. You'll see one flying over. I've seen, uh, I've seen the F-117 fly over. I've also seen, I know the, the flight, the, the bomber that looks like just a flying like bat wing. Yep. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, so yeah, Area Fifty One has been any any really highly classified you know jet that's developed by the Air Force has come out of Area Fifty One, including the the uh, the newest fighter, uh, the F Twenty Two. So, 
And who knows what they're working on now. I know, right? All right, I'll continue on. So that was July 1955. I just wanted to give a side yeah. cart because we just uh, talked about a ton of different airplanes. So in 1974, <laughs> Skylab astronauts inadvertently took photographs of Area 51. The images are reviewed by the National Photographic Interpretation Center, that's the NPIC, and then removed from the rolls of the film and stored in a restrictive vault. So when they were... Up in, up in Skylab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Accidental reconnaissance. On May 13th in 1989, KLAS, which is a CBS affiliate in Las Vegas, reporter George Knapp interviewed Bob Lazar, who exposes details about Area 51. Lazar claims to be working with physicists trying to ba- uh, back-engineer a downed alien spacecraft. The interview generates public interest in the base. Um, and if there's a really cool... Uh, documentary called hangar yep. one on netflix that if you're into this stuff you well you probably have already seen it if you're into this stuff but if you're not super into it but want to learn more uh it's really cool because they use you know it's it's a little bit of those guys the conspiracy guys who go i think sometimes too far but they have a lot of documents that are declassified government documents or government documents that are legit that make statements like this and they interview people it's really really interesting stuff well, and uh, Bob Lazar has a documentary um, film out on Amazon too right now. Ooh, I have not uh, seen that one. I know he's mentioned in yeah. one. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that for sure now. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, some of the claims made it made in it are questionable. So you know, go in it, watching it kind of with a skeptical mind. But it's still, you know, it, it's still really interesting. Uh, Bob Lazar also was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know a year ago. So he and he was on there for about three hours. So really, really interesting interview. He actually feels that his life is still in danger to this day from the federal government. So I'm sure I'm sure it is because I mean technically, if you're a contractor working for the government and you're under you know a gag order, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. But at the end of the day, if you're protecting state secrets and you reveal those, I mean. I, I think that puts you at risk, whether it is for jail time or something even worse. Like I said, I, I'm not have, giving an opinion and if that's okay or not, but I can imagine <laughs> that I would feel the exact same way. Like that anytime I could all of a sudden have a heart attack and, and be completely healthy. <laughs> well, yeah. And he, uh, back in the day, he had claimed to have taken a element from Area 51 that hadn't been discovered and added to the periodic table yet. And then later down the road, I think either in the, <laughs> no, not a, on Obtainium. I can't remember the name now, but the element actually down the road in the late nineties or two thousands was actually then discovered and added to the, the uh, periodic so does table. He, so does he have proof that he had it prior to the discovery of it or I believe, yeah, I believe he does. And then uh, the federal government raided his house or they raided uh, his office or where he worked or where his house was. And looking for it. So you got to watch the documentary on Amazon. I'm totally going to watch that like right after we're done uh, recording. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting. Uh, You kind of go down the rabbit hole of a lot of stuff we're going to talk about in this episode in a little bit. So, (laughs) All right. Well, now we're up to September 8th, 1994. Uh, The U.S. Air Force issues a report stating that the wreckage recovered in Roswell, New Mexico in July 1947, often referred to as the Roswell Incident, consisted of a smashed part of balloons, sensors, radar reflectors from classified government project called Project Mogul. And um, I actually went through Roswell last year. I was going on a trip, and we went to the museum there. It's actually pretty cool. 
April 2000, a Russian-built satellite reveals views of Area 51. I'm sure that made everyone very happy that the Russians were <laughs> taking pictures of it and, and then releasing yep. the information. August yep. 15, 2013, the CIA publishes declassified documents, which officially acknowledges for the first time that Area 51 is a secret U.S. military site following the FOI request filed in 2005. The declassified documents concern the history of the U-2 and the A-12 Oxcart aerial surveillance program that were constructed and tested in Area 51. The documents claim the site's secret status was a way to keep information from the Soviets rather than to cover up an alien encounter. I re- makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> and I yeah. remember when that happened. Uh, yeah. Mike, I think we were still working together at Spalling Clinical, and when it happened, yeah. we're like, uh, uh, hey, like they've been saying this place doesn't exist our entire lives, <laughs> and they're just like, ah, uh, yeah, it exists. And we're like, yeah. and it, I felt like at the time, it was not as big of a deal publicly as it should have been. <laughs> I mean, it was the first time in our lifetime the government admitted to like a secret military base that like... Like, say what you want about conspiracy theorists, but they were 100% right for 50 years about this thing. And then everyone's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, that's huge. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was pretty big news. I think probably a lot of people, though, were like, yeah, tell us something we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We know it's there. (laughs) See, but that's that's where, like, guys like me, like, I love those stories, but I do remain a skeptic. I love conspiracy theories. I really do. And I, 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 I like listening to the information. I like playing with the idea of that, but I, I'm very skeptical. I take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. And and I think it's important for people to acknowledge that there are things that are happening that they yeah. do keep secret. And there's a fine line between going too far one way and then the other way we're like, no, there's none of that going on. And I like to think I'm more like middle middle leaning more conspiracy. Yeah, I always keep a very skeptical mind, but in you gotta you gotta show me facts, yeah, and evidence. And that's why and when they came out me, and said it, yeah. I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, but it, you know, as a person who loves shows like The X Files, uh, Area Fifty One is uh, you know right up my alley. Yeah, um, it, it's in so much pop culture too. So <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. All right, so now we're at December eighth of twenty thirteen, at the thirty sixth annual Kennedy Center Honors. U.S. President Barack Obama became the first president to use the phrase Area 51 in public while honoring the actress Shirley MacLaine, who has long been vocal about her interest and belief in UFOs and extraterrestrial. That's actually pretty crazy to me that no sitting president has even uttered the phrase Area 51 until Barack Obama. I think he probably felt comfortable doing it since the CIA kind of already admitted it existed. I'm sure it was a. I'm sure it was a discussion that had like, "Hey, uh, can we talk about this yeah. thing now?" Because like you, you can assume you, that the presidents are all briefed on the reality of stuff when they come into office. I, I even I think they're probably and that this will go back into that documentary that you're gonna watch. I think there's some information that's so top secret that it's you know even a president doesn't get briefed on it unless they specifically seek it out i believe that a hundred percent i believe that and that's where and this is where um i go back and forth on my like how do i feel about that stuff because there is a big part of me that says that's great like i i don't have faith in people controlling all of my life but i do believe there's things out there that you just expect other people to know and i i'll put it in a simpler term I drive across bridges all the time. 
I don't want to spend yeah. my life worrying about the integrity of the bridges I'm driving over <laughs> because I'll go insane. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. there's things out there like extra, extraterrestrials or there are governments trying to kill us and there, and there's people that are working on things that are stopping that and it's so secret that our enemies can't know. It's like, you know what? I don't need to know about that and I'm just glad they're yeah. doing it. But on the other side, you know, okay, are they overextending their bounds into, you know, individual liberties and rights of people, not even just Americans, but like, are we doing things that we shouldn't be doing? To Unethical. People? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also worry too, obviously I believe that, you know, governments need to have, you know, things like, you know, military projects kept secret in development. You know, they want to, they don't want other countries figuring out what they're working on. But I also get worried about when you have these like black budgets where there's no congressional oversight yeah. over what these you know, shadowy departments of the government are doing. So I, you know, I have some issues with that, but I also see the reason why some of this stuff is so highly classified. You gotta, you don't want, you know, the Russians or the the Chinese or, you know, other adversaries knowing what you're developing out there. Cause you want to have the upper hand. Well, look at, look at uh, the radon, uh, radon bin Laden. Those yeah. helicopters were in like, we, those were actually developed at area 51. Exactly. We have helicopters that you can't hear. That's insane. That's insane. And so you you have these things. And the only reason, the only reason we know about that today is because they crashed one. Yeah. And we're talking about <laughs> our our government. And, and this is again where I go back and forth. Our military is so good, especially when you get in that type of level. That what they do that right in thirty minutes. They they flew in there, crashed a helicopter, so that it didn't go as planned. And in thirty minutes, they got they got Bin Laden. They got all the in- intel blew up the crashed helicopter so they couldn't reverse or it'd be harder to reverse engineer and got out of there. Like that's insane. And that's why we know about these, these helicopters. Cause everyone's like, uh, we've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we never would have if there wasn't an accident. So it, it really is, um, the technology that's come out of area 51. If you're, you know, if, even if you're, you know, you want a smaller military budget, things like I see that I get those point of views. I'm just looking at a purely technology standpoint. Mm-hmm. It truly is amazing. Some of the technology that's come out of uh, that, you know, location. Yeah. So it's, I, it's just cool. It's, it's cool and terrifying. I think that's the best way to it's put cool it. It's cool and terrifying. It really is. Yes. It's, I, it's like, I don't want it to stop because I love the conspiracy theories, but I also want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So I'll go on from there because I'm sure we'll have All right. many of these sides because this is a really fun topic. Oh, yeah. All right. So yep. April 2nd, 2014, in an appearance on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, Clinton jokes that while he was president, he asked aides to investigate what the government knew about UFOs and Area 51. He says, first, I had people go look at the records in Area 51 to make sure there were no aliens down there. <laughs> so that that plays into what you're saying, Mike, about how I, it's I'm sure, you know, when Trump comes into office, they're not like, now, here's all the info on aliens. Here's all the info. Like, it's just too much to take in unless that yeah. something's going on globally or whatever happens that it becomes a necessity. Uh, another good example would be the movie Independence Day. When President <laughs> Whitmore, my favorite president, um, he was a good movie president. He was my favorite president in real life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like he, the whole idea is he's like, there aren't aliens, right? And they're like, ah, and they take and they take him down there, and because it wasn't relevant till they actually came back. All right. Yeah. So July 11th, 2019. Now we're getting up to very recent. 
Yeah. Um, and this is one of my favorite movements. This was funny. This was hilarious. More than 1.5 million people say they will attend a Facebook event titled Storm Area 51. They can't stop us all. <laughs> pledging to raid Area 51 in a quest to see them aliens. The post suggests that people run onto the site on September 20th, 2019 at 3 a.m. So the idea was everyone sign up, show up, and just start running and see how far we get. And, and not, you know, that's not really a, a recommended plan and a facility where they're, they're authorized by legally to shoot and kill anyone that comes within the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, it would have been a massacre of major proportion. I think, did we do it on our Facebook page where I mapped out like, like kind of like the area and how far and uh, someone yeah. made a plan that they would have to like, have and it was obviously a joke because the guy said they were they're gonna initially push in like Naruto runners first like, like yeah from I think that's from an anime yeah, cartoon yeah, show the, those yeah. guys that run with their arms straight behind their back and it looks really <laughs> weird my kids did it for a while and I made them stop it um, but like it was obviously a joke but there were people that thought it was real as usual. Uh, so then on September 20th, 2019, approximately 200 people out of the 1.5 million show up outside the gates area 51 for the raid and two people were arrested and there was one alcohol related arrest and a, <laughs> and a Canadian citizen is arrested for indecent exposure <laughs> and one woman, one, one, one soul hero in the group came close to crossing and is briefly detained and released at the scene. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of fizzled out at the end. <clears throat> I, I figured it would. I've, you know, a lot of people just joined up because it was which, funny, which for the best. Cause like, leg yeah, legitimately if cars started driving there, I, I could only imagine there's minefields or whatever. It could have been really bad for the people. Yeah. I, I'm glad they didn't find out. Uh, it's, it wasn't smart, and you you had a lot of the government officials really warning people, like, seriously, like, you can't come inside yeah. here, or it's not going to end well. Yeah, it's like, ha, 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 <laughs> funny joke, but but for real, don't come in here, we'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is, um, this is some really, really cool information. So the size of Area 51, and this is all based on release documents now satellite footage cuz you can go on Google Maps and now see this it's no it's no longer blocked out and you can find the pictures parts of area 51 are part of larger you know air force uh, facilities that are, have been acknowledged for a while yes. so yeah yeah so it's um it is part of the Nevada test and training range which is 4531 square miles or was that 2,899,840 acres yeah so if Area 51 and the larger test ranges were a national park, it would rank as the seventh largest, which is bigger than Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon, and Glacier National Park. So the area is huge. It's massive. Which yeah. leads into more conspiracy theories. And they keep adding to the size of it. So you, you'll find every decade or so they they kind of they take over more land to kind of push the boundary out farther. Well, as we settle more areas you need to like keep buildings from going near it i guess i mean that if, if you're really thinking about it, like you don't want a high rise to like go up near it and there were a couple mountain ranges you know very far from the base that you could see you could still see the facility from and i think they eventually took over that land so that you can you can't get up there now to see that yeah. but for a long time you could drive up there and you know we're talking 
many miles away, but you could off in the distance kind of see stuff at the base. So Yeah, and you're being watched whether you know it or not in that area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so visitors per year? We don't know because it's a highly classified government facility. <laughs> <laughs> I do know, interesting fact, is the people that work at Area 51 are flown in from Las Vegas on kind of an unmarked airline jet. Okay, so they don't drive so, there. They, they actually take off from... They take off from uh, the airport and then go land at the the strip yeah. there. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that probably commute in by car, maybe. But I I've seen this on a, one of the documentaries that most of them fly in on an unmarked uh, like jumbo jet from Las Vegas. That's crazy. Yeah, so. you wonder how like the daily employees get there, or if it's like because like you said, it's a bigger part of like a normal base. So mm. it's like the separate part. Like I could imagine when you're that secretive, like. Again, I think about Independence Day. Granted, this is a Hollywood movie, but that scientist <laughs> like lived there, like he didn't leave. And I, I could imagine that there's certain projects where, like, okay, we're gonna work on this project. You're underground for four years. Like you're you're you don't leave this building because we're working on this major thing, and you're gonna stay here. And yeah, I, I the Bob was the Bob Lazar documentary. I can't remember if he. He came in and out every day or if he was there for two weeks and off for two weeks. I think it might have been that. But he said, now this is all what he said. That who knows if it's true or not. But he said most of the jobs there are very compartmentalized. So you only knew what this little piece that you were working on and you didn't know how it fit into the larger scheme of things. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, that's I'm going to call that normal. Because, I mean, there are... Yeah like celebrities that build houses that do that. They'll like hire several different contractors that do different sections to keep it secretive. So like the fact that you have the government doing super top secret stuff, absolutely believe that where it's like, Hey, you're going to work on this little thing. You're not allowed to ask questions. You're not allowed to poke around. We're going to be watching over your shoulder the whole time. And you're get that. You're going to get the hell out. Well, and he said that it was, it was mainly done too to prevent, you know, if, if one person gets compromised, they only know about the little thing they're working on. And they actually, with some of the workers, they actually kind of mixed in bogus projects and documents to kind of, so some people might not have been working on real things or working on something bogus to kind of, you know, really throw off people to what's going on sure. in the grand scheme of things. So it, really interesting. Again, you got to watch that documentary. I'm going to. Like literally, I'm gonna put it on after this because I have yeah. some work to catch up on, and I'm gonna watch it while I do that. So, all right. So we have some interesting historical facts about the area. The U.S. government's official name for Air 51 is the Nevada Test and Training Range, which is a unit of the Nellis Air Force Base. Today, it's used as an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. So it's it's like you said, it was like kind of hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. So it is restricted to the public, obviously, and has armed guards. Pre- patrolling the perimeter it's also impossible to enter the airspace above without permission from air traffic control and that's where you get into you know i i would love to look up i don't know if you have mike if there's been like any like dumb idiot cessna pilot that just accidentally flew into it and i think this is a they don't even let you get close well and that's the thing too it's this is where you get into we're still talking about people here and It would be very easy for those people to have been shot down, but you have people probably manning this up. They probably were very imminently about to pull the trigger from like a surface to air missile on this guy and like, hey, dude, turn around now. (laughs) Like, you will be dead if you do not. You can go on YouTube and listen. There's a lot of, you know, there have been people in small commercial aircraft like Cessnas that have gotten too close. 
and they get they first get warnings from you know the air traffic control and then uh fighter jets get scrambled and um a lot of times they'll force you to land and then they'll take you in the custody and question you sure and then i mean usually you get you obviously you get released but yeah it's serious you don't you don't want to fly into their airspace well you think about like you think about how many of those stories where it's accidentally got too close. I would bet a number of those were counter operations. Like it could have been, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean like that's where there's great pictures of, was it Ronald Reagan in Russia and he's taking pictures with tourists and one of the tourists is Vladimir Putin. Like, cause he was, (laughs) he was KGB at the time. Like he wasn't president, but like he's, he's got like tourist short shorts on a little, a little photograph. Like, uh, he's got a camera. And yeah. the story goes that the Secret Service knew who all the KGB were, and they like it's mm-hmm. kind of like this dance, like the governments do to play along. So I would be very surprised, like, oh, I'm just a local pilot that got a little too close, <laughs> and like it's it's like no, it's probably a KGB guy that you know. The, again, the dance continues. They let him go, but they know exactly what's happening. Yeah. So. Area 51 is still expanding, as you said, Mike. Uh, it's been growing something. Uh, it's been growing something which true believers may attribute to the need for more UFO parking spaces. Uh, <laughs> Business Insider points out that satellite imagery of Area 51 displays significant construction within the area between 1984 and 2016, including new runways and hangars. Uh, Business Insider also po- uh, posts that it could mean that the B-21 uh, Raider stealth bomber is being tested at the site. Or this is what they want us to believe. <laughs> Area 51 has appeared in numerous movies and TV shows, including Independence Day, Fantastic Four, Zero Dark Thirty, and Indiana Jones, to name a few. And that was the newest Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Yep. The one that people hated, but I did. I enjoyed it for entertainment. It was okay. It was for entertainment. <laughs> I, I look at movies for entertainment value and it entertain yeah. me. Plus the part where the nuke, nuke goes off and he's, he survives it inside of a refrigerator. Um, <laughs> pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I still watch that clip every now and then. I'm like, really? Who, who allowed yeah. this to happen? All right. Uh, sharing a border with Area 51 is the Yucca Flat region of the Nevada test site, which was the location of 739 of the 928 nuclear tests conducted by the U.S. Department of Energy. Lead and so. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah. So obviously, Area 51 is in such a remote. Uh, region that they did a lot of the nuclear testing back in the day there and i saw a documentary that back in like the 50s and 60s you could go to las vegas you know they would you know and then you could do kind of tourism around watching a nuclear explosion go off oh so it was it was a lot of surface detonation not uh yeah surface detonation yeah so you could see them from las vegas so that's um, cool and kind of cool and terrifying <laughs> cool and creepy can you imagine seeing a nuclear explosion go off <laughs> see that 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 just scares me in general because we talk about like all the things in our lives like synthetic foods and things like that and i really feel like the the growing cancer stuff is directly related to the world depend deciding that we're just going to detonate nuclear weapons to to flex to other countries i mean it's definitely uh you you know it's it's not great for the the local or regional environment well and they they talk Um, about you can uh date wine uh like if you have like old wine because they sell it and if it was pre if it was bottled and corked pre the discovery of nuclear weapons that's how they tell if it's legit because yeah because (laughs) ever since the nuclear age like there is like the whatever the radium is like is detectable on everything 
because when you hmm. when you detonate a nuke in the atmosphere, it and we've done thousands, but different yeah. countries, like it goes everywhere. Yeah. Like the fallout, like it's apparently not say it's not unsafe. It's not great. It's not great, but like you can actually detect. So they say like you can actually draw out wine pre then and they go, oh, it doesn't contain this nuclear uh, isotope, but everything <laughs> since then does. So you can tell if it's yeah. Faked. So it's it's some interesting stuff. So lead and silver were discovered on the southern part of Area 51 in 1964. And Eight, uh, 1864. 1864, excuse me. <laughs> and mined up to 1918. And then again after World War II until the early 1950s. So that was uh, just some, some random facts. Elevation yep. of the area, about 4,400 feet. So with that, uh, we'll go to a word from our sponsors. And then we'll... Jump into the timeline. This episode of Locations Unknown is sponsored by Payoff.com. You've tried balance transfers in budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt, and that's what a payoff loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000, there's no hidden fees and there's personal customer service support from Payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a Payoff loan may also include potential credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. So go to payoff.com slash locations unknown to learn more. Checking your loan rates won't affect your credit score. So try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Not all applicants may qualify. Loans only available within the United States and loans are not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com slash locations unknown. You can go out on Google and research Area 51 conspiracies. You are going to get dozens and dozens and dozens of strange things people think are going on there. I tried to distill it down to the top 10. Um, they're not ranked in any specific order, but they're all they're you know, the kind of the main conspiracies people talk about when they, they talk about Area 51. Oh, you know so. this is going to be our most controversial episode, which is hilarious. <laughs> but people are going to be pissed, Mike, that you left out oh, some yeah. detail, some conspiracy yeah, that's totally 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Please send all your emails to us. Yeah, no, send them to Mike because um, then, yes. then he'll tell me about them. <laughs> So, uh, number one, or our first conspiracy is, you know, one that we've already kind of alluded to here, the reverse engineering of alien spacecraft. So, like Joe mentioned earlier, back in 1989, a man named Bob Lazar claimed that he had been hired to work briefly as a researcher at a part of Area 51 called S-4, uh, which was so secretive that he, he and other workers were taken there in a bus with blacked out windows so they couldn't uh, figure out the route. So he claims that in these hangars at S4, he saw flying saucers, apparently of extraterrestrial origin, 
and they were powered by antimatter reactors fueled by a mysterious reddish orange substance called Element 115. And that was the element I was talking about okay, earlier. Yeah, I forgot I've, what I've, the name of I've it was. I've heard of that. Yes, I have heard that. But I believe it's an actual element now. They discovered it later on, but he was talking about Element 15, you know, decade or two before it was, you know, actually discovered. So, you know, maybe that does give him some credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes on to say the device generated a gravity wave so powerful that if you threw a golf ball in its direction, the ball would bounce off. Uh, Lazar recounted. He said the government was attempting to reverse engineer the UFOs in an effort to use the technology for military purposes. Lazar said he was fired from the job after he caught he was caught taking friends out into the desert at night so they could watch test flights of the captured saucers. Uh, Lazar's Area 51 credentials later come into question, and you'll learn in the documentary that he, I believe he worked at Los Alamos Labs, and he went to college, I can't remember where he went to college, but later on when he came out with this interview in the, the late 80s, people tried to go back and look up his credentials, and it they didn't they weren't there so you know you have two either he totally lied about his you know background and never you know went to the college and never worked at los alamos or people went back and just scrubbed the records of his well and that that's again where it's it's you get in this weird and this is where i'm constantly in this battle in my own mind of you have a guy who has credibility he's saying things that are a little too accurate to be made up but also sound a little crazy, then get somewhat backed up. And I don't doubt within you know a shadow of a doubt that, especially back before the digital age, you could completely yeah. erase someone's existence very easily because it was literally on paper. So if, if the government goes in and seizes records of his college history, his credentials, everything, just literally destroys them, then you can, you can say this person exists. And when people go to look up, be like, yep, they're right. There's no documentation here. And I was looking up Element 115, and it was officially discovered in 2003 um, in Russia. With uh, it was a joint American and Russian scientist. It's called Moscovium, so obviously based after (laughs) Moscow. And you look at a lot of those radioactive elements. There's like Einsteinium. There is Neptunium, Plutonium. It's all kind of named after you know around where it was discovered. So they said it's extremely radioactive and has a half life of 0.65 seconds. But yeah. yeah, it's 115 in the in the periodic table. So you know, Bob Lazar talked about this element um, back in 1989. So you know, over a decade before it was actually discovered. So that's interesting. And you know, the larger notion of the government reverse engineering, uh, you know, equipment. I I definitely think you know they probably you know if they capture an enemy fighter jet, like an enemy Russian fighter jet, you know, they're reverse engineering. Oh, 100 percent. Um, if aliens do exist and we do have their spacecraft, I mean, it wouldn't, it would make sense that they would try to reverse engineer it to get, you know, technology from it. That's probably far, far advanced than anything we have. Yeah. And it's a matter of, are we capturing (laughs) it or are we working with some sort of species? Right. And there's, there's that whole thing going in out. Do you talk about that at all? Um, I, I believe I do. Okay. Then I will wait because I have (laughs) comments on that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so that that's the first conspiracy. You know, this is one that everyone talks about. So the first three are pretty pretty universal in when you think of Area 51. So the the second conspiracy is the interrogation. It's an interrogation center for captured aliens. So 
obviously that goes hand in hand with, you know, reverse engineering the spacecraft, because if you're capturing their spacecraft, you would assume that there would be aliens, uh, you know, flying them around. So um, they kind of they kind of say that Area 51 is the Guantanamo Bay for aliens, (laughs) which sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. Um, Yeah. But then they go. The difference is the detainees are extraterrestrial and they don't have to wear orange jumpsuits or listen to loud heavy metal rock when they're trying to sleep. It's also one of my um, favorite jokes, and not joking about what actually <laughs> happens, but I, I, I love saying that Guantanamo Bay sounds like a ton of fun unless you, uh, no, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I screwed it up now, so I ruined it, but it's waterboarding at Guantanamo Bay sounds like a ton of fun unless you know what both of those things are. <laughs> Should we hear that one? Exactly. Because it sounds like not. it's a water park. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so this this. A uh, conspiracy also goes back to Bob Lazar. So he actually said, and he says this in his documentary that, and in the interview, he recalled that while being guided down a hallway at S4, he momentarily glanced through a small window and caught a glimpse of a small gray extraterrestrial standing between two men dressed in white coats. Before he could get a better look, he was pushed by a guard who told him to stop looking and keep moving. So... Um, you know, Bob claims to, and I think he mentions in his documentary that he's he's seen um, extraterrestrials there several times. And there's also another uh, self-styled whistleblower that we only know by the name of Victor. Uh, he also claimed to have worked at Area 51 and said in a 1997 radio interview <clears throat> that he had witnessed an alien interrogation and even provided a grainy video which supposedly shows a human officer trying to communicate telepathically with a extraterrestrial pilot who had been shot down by the U S military. So you've got, you know, you got some of these people who, you know, questionable claims that you really no way you could ever prove what they're saying. So this is one of the ones that I don't, that doesn't jive with me. And, and (laughs) just the, the idea that we're like capturing interrogating aliens, because I, I, I don't know. I feel like you have, Let's 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 go off the basis that yes, there's this advanced species of aliens that are not from this planet that somehow are able to travel here in spacecraft. That's highly, the, and then all of a sudden, just us as people with no technological advancements are able to capture them and interrogate them. Yeah, like, it just seems far fetched that, and and this is where I'm gonna go again. I'm I'm gonna give myself some 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 room here for conspiracy. Let's say this is all is all real. I don't view it as we're interrogating them and that's where I'd like to think that we're working with them if they exist because mm-hmm. the ability if they're that technologically advanced, imagine uh a SEAL team unit in America versus like that tribe in Africa that's untouched. They have spears like they 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 don't even know it or is it it's like outside of India. It's an island that they yeah. basically protected. Like no one's allowed to go there. They've been completely cut off. Yep. Now those people capturing a SEAL team for interrogation. That's kind of how I look at it. It's right. like, no, that wouldn't or happen. Or shooting down an F-22. Exactly. Like, no, that doesn't yeah. happen. Like, and, and this is, again, people get mad at me. Now, if we randomly crashed an airplane there, and for yeah. whatever reason we were debilitated, and they got one of our guys, okay, maybe. But then mm-hmm. are you going to go from spears to technological advancements or are they just going to like kill the thing kill the guy yeah so that's this like this and this is where i think a lot of these alien conspiracy theories actually when you when you really really dwell on them 
they can kind of make sense. This one where we're capturing and interrogating aliens doesn't doesn't fit for me. No, that's my per, I, I, it's I my see. personal stance. I'm sure people disagree, I, but I'm just saying that's yeah. that's my personal stance on it. No, and that that would be a, a logical explanation, you know, to counter that conspiracy. Yeah. And I always try and bring logic I, into conspiracy right? theories. <laughs> so um, that's one of the conspiracies. Kind of um, piggybacking off of that conspiracy. So the, the other really big conspiracy about Area 51 is there's autopsies of dead aliens taking place at Area 51. So in this. This kind of goes back into the 1990s pop culture. There, you know, the show X Files, you know, had alien autopsies on it, and there actually were a couple, a couple of videos released back in the 90s um, that claimed to have been real alien autopsies. One of them uh, was a 17-minute black and white film that surfaced and purported to show a team of humans in white biohazard protection suits cutting open and removing the organs from what appeared to be a tiny alien corpse. Uh, the, this footage aired on TV in multiple countries, and copies became popular mail-order item. Even though skeptics noted that the team performing the dissection seemed to be incredibly clumsy with their surgical tools. Uh, years later, the film's producers released a documentary sequel in which they admitted to faking the autopsy though they claim to have done it only to replace genuine footage that had been damaged. So um, you can see. Yeah, I've seen there that video and it people, looks totally fake. Yeah, and you can see some people have been trying to, you know, make money off of these conspiracies. Sure. And they say it's fake and then they say, well, it's just, a, you know, because the real footage was lost. Um, but, you know, some people, you know, still believe it. And there, were, there was actually a... Um, Another purported Area 51 autopsy video that surfaced in 2012, and it was called uh, Alien from Area 51. The alien autopsy footage revealed, uh, which entices the curious with a warning graphic material label. Uh, another bit of suspect, suspect footage surfaced in 2014, purportedly showing a partially dissected four-foot-tall alien with a severed insect-like insect head. So there's lots of these videos out there in circulation. You know, you just gotta, you gotta watch them and take them with a grain yeah, of salt. I've seen most of them. I mean, if there's some out there that I haven't seen, yeah. whatever. But I, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's interesting science fiction. Yeah, it's a, they don't look real, and not. To, no. I'm not saying that I don't think that that's a possibility that we've like if an alien ship crashed and they perished, and of course we would try and figure out yeah. the, the biology and the anatomy of these things. Um, I just think the videos are all fake. Yeah. So uh, moving on to our next conspiracy, a lot of people think Area 51 is the headquarters of the secret one world government. So out of the, the four we've talked about, I think this one is, you know, at least a little more based in reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, you know, people believe that Area 51 is a convenient place to pull all the threads of a one world government. So it's remote. It's highly top secret. And that's why a lot of people speculate that the test range, test range is the logical place for the location of the Majestic 12. Um, and if you buy into the narrative laid out by an anonymous author on the conspiracy site EducateYourself.org, a secret government committee that has been laboring in the shadows for more than six decades to work out an arrangement for a one-world government in which the planet uh, would jointly be ruled by human and extraterrestrial elites. 
And this is interesting. I always go back to the X-Files because I grew up watching that show. Mm -hmm. But throughout the X-Files, you have the undertones of kind of a a one world government. These guys, you know, in a dark room smoking cigarettes, kind of pulling the strings of everything. Yeah. And there's different representatives from all the big countries and and they're working alongside aliens to eventually, you know, you know, take over the world. And I think in the X-Files, they were trying to help the aliens uh, take over humans, but at the same time developing a vaccine that would kill the aliens. So um, an interesting theory. Um, it go, They go on to say uh, the Majestic 12 supposedly started as a blue ribbon panel of scientists and military leaders created by President Harry Truman in 1947, shortly after the crash of an alien spacecraft near Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, as the story goes, the Majestic 12 somehow eventually made contact with the aliens and brokered a meeting between them and President Dwight Eisenhower that in turn resulted in a deal with which the U.S. government got extraterrestrial technology in exchange for looking the other way when UFO crews mutilated, cattles, uh, mutilated cattle and abducted humans to t- conduct weird experiments on them. So this is where, you, again, you see that mix of what's plausible and then there's always like a sprinkling of, okay, that sounds crazy. Now, yeah. <laughs> now was, was it Eisenhower or Nixon that was reportedly like picked up somebody and like drove there by themselves in like a Cadillac. There's this story. Oh. There's a, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I know what you're there's talking about. There's a story about. of a U S president that like was in Vegas with secret service. And it was like, a, yeah, it was like a colonel in the military. And the story goes that like, they ditched Secret Service and were was in this black Cadillac, Cadillac, and or a black Cadillac came to pick up this colonel, and the colonel said like, "Oh, I knew I was being picked up to go to the secret meeting," but he like walked up the car and it was Nixon driving. And, I think it was Nixon. Yeah, and, I, if we're wrong, I apologize. Yeah. It was either Nixon or Eisenhower. Yeah, and, and basically they like went to the base, and the colonel talks about how, and I could be getting all the 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 people wrong. It could have been like just a contractor, or whatever. Just ignore that. But it was yeah. a president and a guy, and they needed to yeah. go there. <laughs> And he wanted to show him that. And the, the story goes that they pulled up to the gate and the MP guarding the gate, like couldn't believe as the president of the United States. And they just kind of like, <laughs> let him through. And yeah. that was the first time they were exposed to this secret area and aliens and all that other stuff. So there's, there's some really cool stuff. That's like, you kind of hope you don't find out if it's not real. Cause it's neat to right. think about like this is happening, but then it's also like, I really, it's really scary that it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do remember hearing that story somewhere. I honestly can't remember the details, but it was either, you know, Eisenhower or Nixon. Okay. I know it was a president, though. I, I remember this story. While you're I, going through, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to be Jamie. Okay. I'm your Jamie for Joe Rogan. <laughs> All right, good. Um, so moving on to the the next conspiracy. This one, this one I totally don't believe because I'm a, I'm a space junkie. I, I love everything, you know, outer space and NASA. But a lot of people believe that the 1969 moon landing was faked and actually staged and filmed at Area 51. So, in a scenario proposed by a conspiracy writer... Well, Mike, you writer, know it was staged. It was. It was, sta- <laughs> oh, it was yeah. staged film, and I know this. But the, the yeah, thing you, was that the actors in the movie demanded that it would be filmed on site, on location. That's why it cost so much. Oh. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> All right, I'm I'll just so, move I'm, on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just bad, bad <laughs> jokes. I got many more. Uh, I won't tell. Okay. Um, so in the scenario proposed by conspiracy writer Bill Casing, 
NASA scientists discovered in the late 1960s that it would be impossible to send astronauts to the moon because of lethal radiation risks. Uh, so instead of going through an embarrassing shutdown of the costly Apollo program, officials designed a incredible hoax. They staged an actual rocket launch, but once the spacecraft was out of sight, the Apollo 11 crew was, secret, was secretly transferred to a military aircraft and flown to a movie stage. A few days later, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin play-acted the lunar landing in front of cameras, and the phony event was then transmitted by NASA to millions of unsuspecting viewers. So uh, this one is pretty far out there, I think. There's a lot of documentaries debunking the, the fake moon landings, and I'm, I'm sure we will get people emailing us mad that we're talking that you know, yeah, about I'm it. with you. The moon landing happened. The only credence I would give to this conspiracy is that we did go there. there and there is this thing, and it made me think. I still think we're there, and I still think the footage is real. I'm just going to lay, lay that out there. But the one closest thing that I said, okay, that sounds more legit, is that we did go there, we landed, but the actual film was destroyed, and they recreated it. Like, just to, because, and so, like, they were actually there, and they recreated it to say, like, hey, we still need to show something to the people. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of that makes more that makes sense. Yeah, but that kind of blows away too when you think about the timeline. Like they did launch, mm-hmm. and then was yeah. it a few days later? You're seeing this on video, so it's like, would they know ahead of time and they filmed ahead of time, well, or did they produce it at the same time? And that's where it's and, like, eh. Yeah, and there's a lot of evidence that it happened because uh, you have you have radio transmissions coming from the moon that other countries were following. Yeah. So you would have thought at the time, you know, the Soviets, if they, if they could expose the U S government was do, you know, covering up a massive moon landing hoax. Yeah. I imagine they would have announced that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Especially like that would be tremendously devastating. Yeah. Peak cold war. If we can discredit the United States in any way possible, they totally would have. So, and uh, other, I mean, you can point a telescope at the moon, and if you have a, a big enough telescope, you can actually see the landing sites for the Apollo missions, and you can see footprints on the ground. I mean, it you can see the visual evidence that yeah, they're on I the think, moon. Yeah, I think I read somewhere they bounced a laser <laughs> off of the plaque or something like that because they no, they set up a they set up a, a scientific experiment that's still running to this day. That um, it's like a reflector on the surface of the moon. And they shoot a laser at it from Earth, and then it, it, it goes up to the moon and bounces back, and they're able to track the distance between the moon and the Earth by this experiment. And I believe it's still in, you know, it's still running to this day, yeah. and it was put up there by the Apollo astronauts. So there's a lot of evidence that says uh, we did land on the moon, but, you know, there's always people, you know, there's always going to be people that think it was faked. Sure. And um, they go into, you know, the conspiracy goes into um, one of the reasons why they would say it was at area 51 was because it would be too hard to do something like this in Hollywood and conceal it. Yeah. So they're like, we got to do this at a really top secret base where the public doesn't even know it exists. And so that's why they think it happened at area 51. You know, and the thing they go back into though, there, there was hundreds of thousands of people working on the Apollo program and it, it would have, I mean, it would if that yeah, would if be it was, the mother of all yeah, muzzle, hoaxes and conspiracies. Yeah, to muzzle <laughs> all of those people, scientists who yeah. don't care about you, you assume mm-hmm. they don't care about government relations, they are care about the science to say, like, yeah. no, this is horseshit. We never went there. 
Um, <laughs> and I do have to jump in. Okay. I, I, I was not more wrong about the whole... So the only part I was right about with the, the president going to Area 51 was Richard Nixon. But it yeah. was Richard Nixon. It was in Florida. And it was with Jackie Gleason. <laughs> so, and I'll just tell this: it's a neat story, but I was way off, not even close. So, whoever was listening that was like grinding their teeth the whole time we were talking, you're having your moment now. So, I was completely wrong. <laughs> there you go. So, Jackie Gleason's second wife, Beverly, told the story after they divorced that in an evening in 1973, um, Gleason, uh, she, like Gleason, returned to their Florida home like completely shaken. And after refusing to tell her why he was so upset, he confided in her earlier in the day that President Richard Nixon had arranged for him to visit Homestead Air Force Base in Florida. And this is where Nixon picked him up in a car and went to the Air Force Base and shocked the guard at the gate because it was the President of the United States. And upon his arrival, armed guards took Gleason to a building at a remote location site. And Gleason, uh, who harbored an intense interest in UFOs, saw the embalmed bodies of four alien beings, two feet long with small bald heads and big ears. And he told nothing of, of the circumstances and swore his wife to secrecy, secrecy, but she discussed it freely after the divorce. And I think she put it in an unpublished book after that. Hmm. So I wanted to get that fact correction out there before we got blown up. And the entire show was just <laughs> sidetracked by everyone yelling at us about how far off we were. So, well, I remember the story. I didn't realize it was Yeah, that's what, that's where I was like or I was remember yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just remembered that a president went there in like a car without secret service and that like yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Um so uh moving on to our next conspiracy, a lot of people think there is a 40-story underground bunker at Area 51. And obviously if you've seen Independence Day, you know that in the movie they go underground into this massive uh, bunker. So, you, you know, maybe that could be a, a, a visual of what these people are talking about. But uh, the conspiracy goes uh, for decades, the government went to great lengths to conceal any evidence of what actually had been built inside Area 51, even blocking uh, the release of the 1974 orbital photo of the area, you know, taken by Skylab. And we mentioned that earlier. So, um, you know, it's you can go on to Google Earth now, and there it's actually there are pictures of Area Fifty One now. I think only recently were they allowed to publish those, um, but they talk about things like these scoot and hide buildings. So they have um, they have buildings that are designed so that aircraft can be slid underneath them and hiding when a satellite is scheduled to pass overhead. Uh, others have claimed that most of the base itself is actually hidden from view. And then a massive underground facility with with as many as 40 levels lies beneath the surface. Um, they they also go into that the subterranean infrastructure supposedly is protected at ground level by layers of security measures ranging from sensors that can detect both motion and scent of intruders to black helicopters equipped with stec- t- uh, stealth technology. Uh, the underground hangars that contain captured UFOs, according to Bob Lazar, were actually carved into the base of a mountain. Each had an entrance with a giant door with simulated sand texture to blend into the landscape. So I don't think there's probably a 40 level bunk, you know, bunker under Area 51, but I, I'm probably it's probably guaranteed oh. that they have some kind of underground infrastructure. Yeah, there. I mean, Disney World has an intense underground <laughs> structure that connects every single one of the parks. Like, of course, yeah. Area 51 is underground. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking at I'm um, looking at it on Google Earth right now. 
Yeah. And there's some really gnarly roads and buildings mm-hmm. that, and yeah, it's, yeah, 100%, definitely. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that, while I don't think it's 40, you know, 40 story underground bunker, I think there are some probably underground structures. So, Moving on to our next conspiracy is it's the home of the black helicopters. So in conspiracy lore, um, black helicopters are like the scariest thing you can see coming. It means that um, you're going to be scooped up by, you know, unnamed government officials and they're going to, you know, wisp you away to some secret location. And they a lot of people believe that these helicopters are manufactured at Area 51 um, and that they say some of these he- helicopters are used to conduct sinister missions, such as spraying clouds of toxic chemicals over suburban neighborhoods. Uh, there have even been people who claim who've claimed they've been abducted by government black helicopters and turned over to flying saucer crews for examination, which suge- suggests a link between extraterrestrials and human elites who are out to forage a one world government and intermingle the two species. So you can see how, you know, the government does have these black helicopters and I, you know, they're used by probably the CIA and other various, uh, you know, departments of the government. But, um, and like I said, that the stealth helicopter that was used in the Bin Laden raid was actually, I believe, developed at Area 51. So there might be, you know, some shred of truth in some of the, you know, conspiracy that, you know, there's a lot of these black helicopters. Exactly. Like you get the whole, well, they're probably not spraying neighborhoods, but yeah. Um, and you know, it even goes into, they talk about the, so the, the helicopters used in the bin Laden raid are called MH 60 Blackhawks. And they actually were in development at area 51 from the early 1990s. So, um, and there's other, you know, we mentioned these planes earlier, the SR 71 is black, the F-117 is black. So they, they develop, you know, most of the stealth technology back then was black. So, you know, it, it really fuels people's imaginations that, you know, there's these sinister black helicopters coming out of Area 51 scooping up people. And uh, it makes for some really great science fiction. I I don't think there's a lot of <laughs> evidence that these helicopters are going out and, you know, abducting people. But uh, some people believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so moving on to our next conspiracy is that there's a human alien hybrid breeding program going on in area 51. (laughs) So, uh, this, this conspiracy is touched on multiple seasons in the X-Files, my go-to, uh, sci-fi show. And the conspiracy goes, though the U S government ostensibly controls area 51, many conspiracy theorists suspect that the secret base has been co-opted by extraterrestrials and that the, the gray beans now are either sharing authority or even running the show. So people think that we are working with the aliens or they've already landed and kind of said, we're running things here. And for some reason they, uh, they're trying to breed human alien hybrids. And one suspicion is they've set up laboratories in which they're working possibly alongside government scientists in an effort to breed a race of human alien hybrids. Theorists uh, offer varying explanations for this project. An article on the website collectiveevolution.com, for example, explains that the goal is to create a cadre of fifth column agents, future leaders 
of the New World Order who look exactly like the rest of us but secretly possess mental and physical um, mental and psychic capabilities and social cohesion of the aliens. So like you Elon can kind of see how, yeah, right. <laughs> you can kind of see how all of these conspiracies kind of tie together. Oh yeah. Um, it's either the one world government or we're working alongside the aliens or, you know, so that's, a, this is an interesting theory uh, that would explain why they would try to do it. They want to breed humans that look like us, but, have these amazing, you know, powers to manipulate people's minds. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, the theory goes on though. It, it gets a little creeper. Um, they say the alien human hybrids who are under alien control through some fort, some sort of electric electronic implants are being created as a supply of organs that the extraterrestrials need to replenish their own bodies. So this kind of is like a, it's not the Matrix, but I I always picture that scene where Neo wakes up and he's you know surrounded by millions of other humans that are like asleep in pods. <laughs> well, and that and that's that's funny that I mentioned Elon Musk because that's kind of his whole like he is very certain that we are all in a simulation now. And yeah. one of the and, and what's funny is like it's like haha yeah hilarious. And then when you think about it, because like I I have an Oculus headset and I do VR and. It's like you think about video games. We went from Pong like 40 years ago to now I can put on this headset and run around in this world that's really freaking realistic. Like to the point where like when you take it off, your arms just feel weird because it's tricked your brain into thinking you're in there. So what is a simulation like that going to look like in another 50 years? Or a thousand years. Exactly. Like our could like. Could, this is where you get into that whole thing. Like, could we be like doing, you know, like Dwight in the office, second life? Like, are, <laughs> are we just in a second life right now? And we think it's the real thing. And that's, yeah. and that's where that whole theory comes from where it's just like, wow, we're just in a computer right now. And we have no idea what the real outside world is. That's that red pill moment. Like, do we want to yep. wake up or do we want to stay in this crazy world? So there, and that's where there's like, okay, there's a nugget of, I could actually on its face, you go, oh, okay, yeah, we're in a computer simulation, whatever. But then you start thinking about our technologically, a technological advancement and timeline of human history and where we are now. And it's like, oh yeah. crap. Yeah. In like a hundred years, like, like my consciousness could potentially be, uh, and they just did an Amazon show on this called upload. Like yeah. my consciousness could potentially be downloaded and put into a computer where as far as I'm concerned, it's my consciousness and my brain mm-hmm. is me. Like I could be living permanently somewhere and not even realize it. Yeah. Well, so maybe this uh, conspiracy is we're all asleep in a simulation and really we're just bred to uh, supply organs to extraterrestrials. Yeah, so who knows? Uh, who knows? But uh, <laughs> a wild theory and a great movie, uh, The Matrix, if you haven't seen it. The the Matrix 2 and 3, not so great, but the first one was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to our ninth conspiracy is that weather manipulation weapons are being tested at Area 51. Now, this one is not as far out as you think. Oh, that's real. They see they see. They've tried. Parts. Yeah, they've tried um, different technologies in the past so um i guess uh 
The conspiracy theory may spring from an actual truth. According to the National Science Foundation, the U.S. military did actually engage in Project Cirrus, a research effort in the late 1940s and early 1950s to find a way to modify clouds and use rain, or perhaps the lack of rain, as a weapon. Uh, between 1962 and 1983, uh, NOAA, the National Oceanic uh, and a Atmospheric Administration, ran a project called Project Storm Fury, in which scientists tried to use cloud seeding to slow hurricane winds uh, without much success. So while there's no evidence that, you know, this research continues at Area 51, uh, weather modification, it, it sounds like a sinister thing that, you know, governments would try to develop. Can you imagine if you were at war with somebody and you could just change their weather to put them into like a massive drought and kill all their crops? Yeah. I mean, it would be that's, a crazy weapon that's to use. That's terrifying. Yeah, or if, to flood them out, maybe so much rain that their whole country floods. Yeah, I mean, my, my hope is that we don't figure <laughs> out how to do that. Yeah, so this conspiracy theory thinks that, you know, Area 51 is used to develop these sinister weapons. And I mean, there's other, not just weapon, or weather manipulation, but there's a lot of people that think contrails are secretly chemicals to control yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> when, when that's very explainable by science. Yeah, Um <laughs> But yeah, so it's another interesting theory, and I think this one out of all of them is kind of based a little in reality since the government actually has experimented with this kind of technology in the past with, you know, little success that they've publicly announced. Uh, you know, who knows what they've worked on that's still classified, but either way, uh, an interesting theory. Uh, moving on to our final theory, and this one is the most uh, probably logical is... Uh, nothing at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the theory basically goes that uh, the government kind of purposefully puts out, you know, bogus information and, you know, things to throw people off the trail and that Area 51 is just, a, a, you know, a base like any other Air Force base that they made super top secret to draw uh, interest away from maybe other more top secret sites. So, which, which, if you think about like Cold War tactics at that time, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's, we legitimately had an operation when we were in the Cold War that they were going to dump uh, large size condoms on Russia, but label them <laughs> medium. Oh, no. I, I'm not even kidding. You can look this up. They were going to, they were going to like airdrop a bunch of condoms that were actually large size, but label medium size to make the troops think that our troops were larger. So like, like they had, they had all these things like where they wanted to do mental games with other countries. So yeah. like, if you're going to like try and keep that going, you're going to say like, yeah, we're in contact with aliens, but we're going to pretend like we're not doing it. Yeah. Like Bob, like think about this. What if Bob Lazar is really an agent? Just a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, and he, it's like, he, he he's a really good at it. And he's like, all right, rest of my life. I'm going to be this crazy conspiracy theorist to keep this narrative going. Like that would be gnarly. So that it could be then the irony of that is the conspiracy theory of nothing at all is actually a very yeah. large conspiracy theory of something. Yeah. Well, it, so it goes. So a British journalist and film uh, filmmaker, Mark uh, Pilkington, apologize if I got the name wrong, uh, has argued that the entire UFO believer subculture has been in the victim of an elaborate ongoing propaganda operation. He says, over the years, um, the U.S. Air Force and the intelligence community quietly have worked to spread the belief that UFOs have crashed 
on American soil and that the government has been concealing and stockpiling advanced alien technology. It was all intended to divert attention away from uh, the actual experimental spy aircraft and other gadgetry that the government was developing. The Air Force, he says, collected reports of UFO sightings and then compared them to the schedule of U-2 spy planes in order to gauge whether the aircraft was visible to ground observers. Uh, so that seems like a you know, very plausible yeah. theory that the government has been planning all this kind of misinformation, definitely during the Cold War, yes. to kind of throw people off the trail of, you know, actual legitimate aircraft they're developing. A hundred percent. So, well, and we, I think it's not to be discounted that this year, uh, the government officially released video and acknowledgement of UFOs. Another yeah. thing that kind of just went by and no one made a huge deal about that. I kind of freaked out about I'm like, uh, this is just like when they said <laughs> area 51 exists, like they're UFOs for real. Yeah. Like, they're, well, not I, they're, been they're not saying they're alien in nature, but they're saying like, yeah, we have video of stuff we don't understand. And they're yeah, supposed well, to understand that. It's the whole point of it. And they don't. I uh, I keep telling people, I said, you know, this has been such a crazy uh, year. I said July, you know, is probably going to be an uh, alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they were priming the pump. Yes. Um, so that is really kind of the, the top 10 of conspiracies for Area 51. There's some other... You know, other obviously a lot of other conspiracy theories, such as um, they're developing energy weapons there and uh, future transportation. There's a really funny one out there that Area 51 is the center center hub for this massive underground rail system across America. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, Area 51 is, you know. Well, and you know, what? and this doesn't necessarily tie to Area 51, but. If you, if our listeners haven't yet, I, I'm sure you have Mike, but this is, this is one of those, it was one of those, it was one of those Joe Rogan shows that really changed a lot of my perspective on this type of stuff and made me, I'd say a deeper conspiracy theorist. It was the one where you had Alex Jones on and, yeah. um, who's the other guy, the flat earther. Oh, I, <laughs> which I don't, uh, um, it'll hit me. Uh, I can't, I don't believe in flat earth at all, by the way, but yeah. That show was actually incredible because I've always looked at um, Alex Jones as completely in, in, insane. I have, yeah. I, just like most people do. And after watching the Rogan podcast, it made me really think that Alex Jones is a lot more sane than I thought, which was scary as hell to me. Because, <laughs> and, and what you see, if and I, I suggest that you watch it on YouTube. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Watch it. Because he is, he's going nuts. He's going crazy. He's got all this energy. And yeah. they're talking about DMT and the use of psychedelics to communicate with interstellar beings and the things that the government's doing. And what I learned about Alex Jones through having Joe Rogan moderate was incredible. And that's the difference. Yeah. I think when, when Alex Jones is on his own show, he just goes nuts and it sounds like he, and it, the ranting is of an insane man. But you have a guy like Joe Rogan who's a great yeah. interviewer because he interviews you know, politically left, right, conservative, liberal, everybody. And he he's... I think the irony is he's a goofy dude. He's one of the best interviewers of our time because he keeps an even keel and literally yeah. tries to go along with whoever he has on, even if it's people he doesn't like or doesn't agree with. And he gives mm -hmm. a good interview. So he, he says he's friends with Alex Jones and he does this interview where Alex is ranting and raving. He slows him down and stops it. <laughs> and then he's having Jamie fact check all the stuff he's saying. Cause he's just spewing out stuff and what they find out and like Joe Rogan starts getting a little creeped out is that 
most of the stuff Alex Jones is spewing out that sounds crazy is extremely verifiable, real things that happened. Yeah. And you start learning about Alex Jones's past and about how his dad worked for the Department of Defense and that he was privy to some of this top secret stuff. And then yeah. if you look at his journalistic history, uh, they have those secretive dinners in the Redwoods where it's like yeah. presidents go to. Like Alex Jones snuck into that somehow. He got into yeah. <laughs> it. So like this guy, it started turning it started turning my thought process of Alex Jones of lesson to this guy's just an insane lunatic to this guy is an insane lunatic because of the information he knows. And how yeah. could you not be insane after knowing these things? And talking about them and having people call you crazy only to have it then declassified later. And we're talking about, and he talks about these guys who would go into South America in this spot, this specific spot in South America, and they would take high levels of like DMT and other psychedelics and would have communications with interstellar beings that they're so advanced, they're on basically this other plane. And it's where we got the technology that is being worked on in area 51 and other hidden bases and where that sound, it sounds insane until again, you look at our timeline of technological advancement. We went from hunter gatherer to advanced microchip silicon technology in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And, and you think about like, okay, yeah, it is explained by math, but how do you make that leap when people have been around for thousands and thousands of years and they, you know, uh, Graham Norton, I think it's Graham Norton, and it's this guy, uh, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, excuse me, um, two guys that talk about um, generational and how are basically our whole history of, of human evolution is completely wrong and talk about cataclysmic events and talk about, if you think about like the stuff in your house right now, and if you gave it 10,000 years, what would be left? The yeah. stuff made of stone, the stuff made of things that can survive. And the idea of there's this possible that humans have been around for a lot longer on this planet than we had thought, but there have been these cataclysmic events that have essentially erased this technological series and brought us back to the stone age. You always hear about like, oh, if we go to nuclear war, we're back to the stone age. And the idea is that that almost happened. And now you yeah. have guys like Alex Jones who are taking drugs, but- <laughs> They're like, you have Chinese working on animal human hybrids. There's all this crazy stuff because it sounds like I'm ranting and going crazy. But if you listen to it and then you go yeah. look in Scientific American, like legitimate scientific documents, declassified government documents that are not just made up by crazy people like Alex Jones. It's real stuff saying that, yes, indeed, we did work on animal human hybrids and Chinese are working on that. And they're called Chimera. And yes, we did have people go to South America and do these DMT trips and out of it, you know, we have these scientists go down there and now we come out of that with a nuclear weapon. We come out of that with in, insane silicon technology. Like you think about like the Intel chipsets, things like that, like stuff that just happened re relatively quickly is nuts. You must have uh, been watching some ancient aliens recently. Dude, I watch all that <laughs> stuff. That's why I say like, I'm an extremely skeptical person and I'm the type of person that's like, all right, that sounds insane. Like on its face, I typically don't believe conspiracy theories on their face. I don't. My brain doesn't want to. But then when yeah. you start giving me facts, and again, there's always like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, that's crazy. Get that away from me. So like I try and keep <laughs> an even keel on this, but there is yeah. too many people in two different, too many different places saying the same thing that makes you start wondering about like, again, like the shadow government stuff. Like 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on than we know about. And that's where I think like your last theory of like there's nothing, that's definitely wrong, I think. I know that is a, that's a, that's a, a common theory of people like, oh, that's just a joke. But when yeah. you listen to these people, and I like, I even try, like, I think Alex Jones is crazy. I still try to listen to what he's saying. Cause if you, yeah. if you outright ignore everybody, you're not going to learn anything. Whereas mm-hmm. you have to take like an Alex Jones with a grain of salt. He says a lot of crazy crap and in, but a lot of it's verifiable, which is scary. And then you look at, his I did. Past. Yeah. I did listen to that episode of Joe Rogan's podcast, and it's uh, it's an interesting one to say the least. Oh, uh, definitely worth checking out. <laughs> it's like four hours of Alex Jones. It's long. It's four. Yeah. So I mean, if you can tolerate that, but like I, I would say, if anything else, you could hate Alex Jones more than anything in your entire life if you can put that aside and ignore the even the like because they do talk about politics. Like ignore the politics yeah. stuff and just listen to him about the stories of his father because his father did work for the Department of Defense and had high clearance and he did sneak into a lot of these secret societies that did happen yeah. it's completely verifiable and listen to the stuff he talks about and then listen to Joe Rogan does a great job of moderating and questioning it because Joe Rogan would be like that sounds insane explain that yeah. he'll stop him he'll be like that sounds crazy he's not afraid to do it and then he'll have Jamie searching this stuff at the same time and like holy crap Here's a real document that's been declassified that says exactly what you just talked about. And you start yeah. looking at Alex Jones almost like this this guy on 80 that has got ADD that just is spewing out crazy data that's factual. And yeah. but he doesn't train it together, so that's what makes him sound insane. He just kind of says things and says things and, and doesn't necessarily connect it, but it's not necessarily fake either. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of terrifying and super interesting at the same time. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, Joe, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I could go on. I could go on for four hours on that. So I'm going to stop there. These are a lot of really uh, cool conspiracies. If anyone listening um, has additional conspiracies or wants to you know, make a comment on them, just uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all of them. Like I said in the beginning, we're, we're going to be off for a few months on our summer break, but uh, we will be back in the fall with a lot of new episodes. So yeah, um, we appreciate all of you, our loyal listeners, as yeah. Mike said, our sponsors that keep the show going. And remember, when enjoying the beauty of Area 51 and working with aliens, always remember to leave no trace. And to uh, trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> trust no one. Thanks. We'll see you guys uh, next season. Bye.